to the ABGC Podcast, Episode 2, titled, Upgrades. Morik walks down the hall and makes a left to his office, while Tara continues straight down the hall. Scene, Morik's office. Morik enters his office, returns the locker items, sits at his desk, and hits a button on the video phone. Delaney, Mork answers. It's Mork. We are starting the upgrades now. Should be done with all of them by 1800. Delaney responds. Fine, fine. Glad to see you found your balls and got it underway. Mork replies, yes, it is underway. And when it's done, I'm going to give them the items they requested from last time. Delaney barks back. I told you we can't risk it. Mork adjusts his seat and sits proudly and says, Yeah, well, I'm telling you, they are all ready to crack. You want me to be the freak babysitter? Fine. I know what I did to end up here, and there is no undoing it. But if I'll be damned, then I'm at least going to try to do some good while I'm here. I am not going to stand by and watch this blatant torture you call upgrades and just do nothing for them while they suffer. Delaney answers, You will do whatever I tell you to do. You are lucky you haven't spent the last few years in the brig. Mork huffs, With respect, General, you aren't here. You aren't seeing what is going on. You aren't hearing it. I'm telling you, it's bad. Really, really bad. Delaney says, Yes, well, the mechanic said there would be some uh, discomfort. They have to stay conscious and alert during the procedure to maintain the telepathic link. And local anesthetics have no effect on telepathy. And, as you well know, their telepathic network is the only reason they can't be hacked by the enemy. So, it will remain a top secret and a top priority. Besides, their wounds heal fast, so who cares? Mork answers, they care. And I care. Tara is getting upgraded right now. Just listen to this. That's the sound of your upgrade, General. They might be the scariest assets I have ever met, but they still have feelings. Are you crazy? You can't pipe that audio through an unsecured channel. Are you trying to get the Earth destroyed? If anyone, Mork interrupts. I think some new board games, movies, and music are the least we can do for this... this military team of teenagers. They need normal civilian distractions, and I mean right now. As the official freak babysitter, I'm telling you this has to happen. You have been holding my mistakes over my head for too many years, General. But the real truth is, now that I have landed on this station, you only have two options. Help me or kill me. I know you will never let me go back to Earth now that I have seen all this, 
So just bend the rules a tiny little bit and deliver the items requested. If you don't like it, you can kill me off and then you can fly your ass up here and you can tell the nine foot tall werewolf machine to his face that he and his team aren't worth it. A long pause from Delaney. <clears throat> Fine. But I will censor the list of items thoroughly. It has to be fiction. All of it. No documentaries. No news feeds. They can't ever know anything about the real state of Earth or where they came from. Send me the paperwork. Deal. More hangs up the phone. He utters to himself, what you really mean is they can't find out. They are all heroes. Mork leans back in his chair, relaxing for a moment. Whoa! I can't believe that worked. Damn, that felt good. Mork sits up, opens a desk drawer, and starts rummaging through it. I'm not going to wait another second. This can start right now. He places a few items on his desk. Yes, here it is. I thought my old music player was in here. What's the worst they can do to me, really? A court-martial for bad entertainment selection? This whole operation is off-book anyway. They wouldn't dare call me out. Mort grabs the items and walks towards the door. Opens it. Walks out of his office down the hall. Scene. ABGC Commons. Tara lays on the couch, the fur around her eyes freshly singed, and the others are surrounding her, offering her sympathies and concern. Tara. I... I... I'll, I will be alright. Just give me five minutes and we can get started with the rest of the upgrades. The door opens. Morik announces himself, Hey, guys! Joust stomps over to Morik, enveloping Morik in his enormous shadow. Why are you helping them do this to us? Look at her! Her fur is still smoking, for God's sake! The door closes behind Morik as he steps in. Oh my God! Mork says, I am so sorry. Uh, honestly, the, the upgrade stuff, it's, it's really beyond my pay grade. I, I really don't even know how all this works. I just know the basics, that Tara's telepathy with each of you is the key to it all. But hold on, before you squish me, I, I came back here to give you some good news. Great news, actually. Joust, you and Romer will be getting new board games. And Kit, new movies for you. New puzzles for Rico, too. Romer, still tending to Tara, looks up and responds with a confused look. Really? Joust gets a concerned look and says, Don't do that. Don't you do that. Don't lie to us again to get our hopes up just because you feel guilty about Tara. Mark says, No, no lie. It's really going to happen. I will make sure it's on the very next shipment. And look, we can start right now. Mork steps around Jouse, who
who appears much less hostile now, as Kit and Romer share their excitement with cheers. Rico stares his typical death stare at everyone. Morik says to Tara, Here, Tara! I brought you something. You requested new music, and it's coming. But for now, I would like to gift you my music player. Here. See? It's already here on the station. It's shipped with the, the last of my personal items. The headphones may not fit you very... Tara interrupts, her body language already completely changing for the better. I... I, I can have this? I, I don't understand. You are giving this to me? Morik lets it fall into her paws. Well, sure. I know it's not much. I mean, it's old, and maybe the music is not your favorite genre, but... Tara stops him. A few drops of watery blood have already begun to leak from the corners of her facial implants. It's new. It's something new. That's all that matters. Finally. Something different. I am sure it will sound awesome. It will actually be therapeutic for me as we finish the upgrades, too. Thank you. Mork smiles and steps back. Rico says to Tara, Tara, can I get started now? Tara responds, Yeah, go ahead, Rico. I am synced up and will buffer what I can for you. This new music will do wonders for offsetting the cerebral pain. Rico responds, I don't need your buffer. I can take it. Save your strength for Kit. Kit's cheers and optimism from the earlier good news wash away, revealing fear and concern once again in his body language. Rico walks towards the door. Morik hits the button to open the door for them both, and is rather surprised Rico is not breaking his current stride, walking right by Morik in such close proximity. Don't stare, Morik thinks to himself. But it is too late. He knows he is staring. The wires and computer chips that are just randomly sticking out of the back of Rico's exposed brain are both fascinating and terrifying. My god, I've never been this close. It's all just right there, out in the open, Mork realizes internally. And then reflects, I usually try to avoid eye contact and... Rico typically orients his left side to others to hide it all. Most of the time, I can't even tell he is missing an ear. Morg begins to feel a new sense of acceptance from Rico, then realizes Rico is probably just too worried about the imminent procedure to concern himself with such a flawed subconscious habit. Whatever the reason, Morg got his solid look and will never, ever forget it. Rico turns to Morik as they walk out of the commons area. What kind of puzzles? Rico asks. Morik tries to come up with the words to answer, but the steel teeth and pipes leading from Rico's jaw to the cooling equipment within his inner head are mesmerizing. Morik can only stutter. Oh, um, well, uh... 
the door closes behind them, and the camera pans back to Tara. She puts on her headphones, stretching them out as far as they can go. The camera zooms all the way into Tara's eye implants and spins 180 degrees to become Tara's first-person view, seeing what she sees. Through her blurry, electronic display vision, she can see the team members next to her in the room with the left side of her split-screen focus. On the right half of her focus, there is a semi-transparent fuzzy image of Rico walking down the hall with Morik. Tara sits up and settles in to the back corner of the couch to get comfortable. She looks at the music player through her left focus while still tracking Rico with the right half. Rico's ghostly image enters the lab and lays down on the table. She presses play on the music device. A figure in full spacesuit operates a control panel and restraints click in place around Rico. A brilliant light show begins. Rico twists and squirms on the table, snarling and gritting his teeth. His metal teeth begin to turn red and hot, and the cooling fans in his head begin to spin at full speed as steam and smoke pour out of him. His low-volume grunts and snarls quickly turn to uncontrollable screams. Then, as abruptly as it all started, it all ends, and the restraints release. Rico sits up and holds his head, tapping his mechanical side a few times in different places with his claw, and heads for the exit. Tara turns to Romer and says, They're ready for you. I'll do what I can. Romer says, Save it for Kit. Same goes for me, Jow says. Thanks, guys, Kit says in his most humble voice. Romer heads out of the commons area door, and it closes behind him. Romer's image appears as a new window located top right within Tara's focus, and Rico's image is split to the bottom right of her focus. She views Romer entering the lab and laying down on the table sideways, his bulky equipment box in his back facing the suited figure. The figure attaches cables to Romer's back box. Restraints click in around Romer. A different light show begins. Romer twists and squirms while the box on his back sparks and sizzles. Romer is snarling and gritting his teeth. After a brief while, his low-volume grunts and snarls turn to short shrieks as he gasps for air. His eyes close and face begins to convulse, and then everything stops. Romer opens his eyes. The restraints release. Romer rolls off the table and takes a few steps, limping just a bit. He soon stands fully and exits the lab. Tara turns to Jaus. Jaus, Romer is done. Kit begins pacing as Jaus leaves the commons area and enters Tara's right focus as an outlined figure. Jaus enters the lab and lays down on the table. The same light show begins. Jaus makes fists with his paws and lets out an evil laugh. After a brief while, the laugh becomes short calls of pain, and very suddenly, the process stops and the restraints release. Jaus sits up and flexes his limbs a bit before hopping off the table. 
Tara turns to Kit. Kit, Joust is done. Kit replies, no, 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 I, I can't. Tara speaks to him again. Kit, go on, I'm with you. Kit reluctantly heads out the door. Kit's image enters the lab and lays down on the table. I'm still here, Tara says to him telepathically. The light show begins and Kit's body torques and wrenches wildly while he is screaming uncontrollably. The longer it goes, the higher the pitch of the screams. Tara's display begins to fill with static and fizzle out. Kit's joints begin to crack from the twisting and the fur along his ear lines is smoking and turning black. The light show stops. Kit's body movements come to a complete stop. Tara's blurry image now begins to fade. The restraints release, and Kit's limp body falls off the table onto the floor like a rag doll. Oh, Kit, Tara says, staring at his ghostly image on the lab floor, which continues to fade further from her view. Suddenly, the lights in the commons area change to a flashing red color. A siren begins to sound over the PA, followed by an automated voice. Red alert! Red alert! All pilots to fighters! 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 